0: We've got some people in here you know, on the sides. Thank you for being here. Thank you if you were at home. Um, in addition to just saying thank you for being here, we have a gift for you. So if you're on site, when you leave today, you go out these doors, just on the right-hand side, there's a room called the Guest Lounge. I will be there. I would love just to say hello and, and hand you the, the water cooler we have. And so Candy, just say thanks as you head on out and please to come back again and join us soon. Um, Pastor Josh is um, a quarter of the planet away from us i guess he's not halfway around the world he's in chile he's about four hours uh, east of us here and south he's visiting family still if you don't know that he's uh there he's probably watching this broadcast he'll be back here this week and he'll be back up here on stage next sunday but for now we just had an opportunity for him to be able to to go and visit his dad and family and so here's a great chance for us to um Uh, just be able to bless him and being able to do that and have church still going on and when he asked me about today I started thinking through a topic and a title because we just finished up a message series uh, and next week he's starting a new one so it's like what is it that we could do what is it that's been heavy on our hearts as a staff and on me and so I started thinking and just kind of praying okay God you know this was last week week and a half ago and I was home one night and I was just flipping through the tv and I think I had gotten done watching uh, our, our small group our study guide on the YouTube, the, the video that comes out each week. And when we got done, there was an advertisement that came up down at the bottom. It was for this movie made for Amazon, or excuse me, made for YouTube, uh, starring Will Smith, the actor, the rapper that a lot of people know. And it was something he put out last year, and it was just called Best Shape of My Life. And I was looking at a picture of him, and I don't know if there'd be a picture, and it's, there was a couple of others that really made the point, but he was scantily clad. And I realized that's probably not the best thing I should have put up in church. But what he was saying is he has a dad bod now. He's kind of put on some weight. He's slowed down and he wasn't excited about what was going on in life. So in this mini series that he put out here, he set out to lose weight. He said he wanted to decrease his stress, increase meditation, and regain some of his lost focus that he had once before in life. I didn't watch the show, I didn't go through, and and I don't know how it turned out for him, but I do know that focusing on what's important is something that worked well with this topic here today. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to steal his movie title. Like, that's what the name of the sermon title is, so hopefully I don't get in trouble for that one. But that's where the best shape of my life title came from, was this concept, because I do want us to look specifically at what are some important aspects of our spiritual life. What are some things that we need to always come back and focus on as we live our life? Now, if you've been around church very long, you probably have heard a sermon or a, a taught a lesson or maybe even heard a song that reminds us that God has created us all on purpose. And he has created us all for a purpose those are phrases you hear around church no accidents it's very intentional but I know that you also know that when God has made us and we find out in other places of scripture that we're not the same we're not identical we have differences amongst us I don't know about you if you're married you probably realize not too long into marriage that the person that you connected with is not identical to you amen my wife is back there going, "Woohoo!" I can see her in the back. She's raising both hands, so I can see that. Uh, if you have children, especially if you have maybe teenagers, you know somehow, some way, they speak a different language altogether. And the teens have it the worst of all because their parents are from another planet. Like, like I get it. Like this is how we all see it. How we all know it. We realize quickly we're not all the same. We know that. But you know what? Sometimes we have to remember that. I, I was telling a couple guys I, here at church I used to work with that I used to work with them in the tire industry, at the tire shop. And we had a, a salesman there who was very simple on things and he would say some pretty funny things at times. But occasionally people would come in and they wanted to buy some tires for their car. And so they'd look around, they'd see all these tires on the racks, different sizes, shapes, designs, everything. And they think they'd figured it out. And they'd walk in and they say, so to the salesman, could you tell me like, the, the pros and cons, you know, can you compare and contrast these two, three, whatever it is here, can you tell me about it so I can be more informed? And he'd walk over, and he'd grab these two tires, and he'd pick them up, and he'd say, okay, so these two tires here are identical, except for their differences. And he'd say it with a straight face, and sometimes the people would say, oh, thank you for clarifying that, I'll take a pair of them. And, and we would look at each other like, are you kidding me? Sometimes they'd say, thank you. And then they'd say, can I talk to another salesman, please? Because they just realized that wasn't the, the answer they were looking for. But the point I want us to understand is just, we, we're not the same. We are not all identical. We have differences in us. And we understand that. And we know that God has made us differently. Or as we say in scripture a lot of times, God has made us uniquely. We are our own person. We are put together, we might even look like other people, but how we're wired is completely different. It's our DNA, our spiritual DNA that God's given us. And as such, we are created differently, to live on this planet, to worship and praise God, and to serve him while we're alive. In fact, you'll read in a key passage here today, Matthew 20, 28. Some of these verses will pop up on the screen behind me. If not, just write them down if you have a piece of paper. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples about what real leadership is. Not just the stuff that the the political leaders or the spiritual leaders were trying to get a hold of. But this is real leadership. And Jesus says, your attitude must be like my own. For I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give my life as a ransom for many. Now, just to acknowledge the obvious, none of us are perfect, none of us are going to be the ransom for sinners, okay? I know that. So the, the, this part of the verse there, the last part doesn't apply to us, but the first part really does, where Jesus says that we are to adopt his attitude, that we are to strive to serve others. That's what Jesus says he came to do, and that we need to be doing the, type, the same type of thing. Scripture also goes on to tell us that as believers, those who have accepted Jesus Christ in our life, when we have come back and been into a restored relationship with God because of Jesus, that we need to have a, and should have an unending gratitude towards God for what it is that he has done for us. And part of that gratitude is to serve other people. That's what we're asked to do in Scripture With whatever ability God gives us, we are to use it. You could talk about all those different uh, talents, uh, parables about the talents and our different things and who has more, who has... uh, It's just saying whatever you've been given. In fact, you can see it says in 1 Peter 4.10 that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Whatever it is, use it then we also ought to be serving others because it's a way to fulfill the plan or the design the desire that god has for humanity in ephesians two ten, you read it says it is god himself who made us what we are and given us new lives in christ jesus and long ago he planned that we should spend these lives in helping or serving others Think about it. God has created you specifically to do something. He's given you special tasks that nobody else can do, which means there's things that God has given to you to do that I can't do. And there's things that he's gifted me to do that that you can't do. And so we need to know what it is we should do and make sure we're doing it because we all have a different design or we all have a different calling or in today's terminology I want to use, a play on the word in the title, we all have a different shape. We all have been given S-H-A-P-E. And I don't mean your physical shape. Like you can go online and look up what's my physical shape. And I always laugh when they either relate you to like a piece of fruit. Or they give you like a, some kind of a design. Like you're a square, a triangle, or a, a rectangle. Or just this big amoeba. Or whatever it is you are. Like They're like you're one of these shapes. I'm not talking about your physical shape here. What I'm talking about is your spiritual shape. Your DNA. The thing that God has given to each and every one of us. So that we will serve and love other people. And so I want you to hear this before I even dive into what shape is all about. I want you to know this about the best shape of your life. I would say that the best spiritual shape of your life, the very best one, is the one that God gave you. It's the one, like you're not out to change this. I know that's what the movie title seemed like it was leaning towards, but what is your shape? How has God put you together and how do you then use it? Because that's the best shape that you have God's church is meant to be a place where people minister, love, and serve one another. And, uh, and, and that church when is, is going best when the people know what it is they're supposed to be doing and then doing that along the way. It's their God-given shape. It's this acronym. I mean, it's, it's S-H-A-P-E. We're going to talk about it. We've mentioned this before. If you've gone through growth track with me, you know it's something we talk about here at church. But I want to make sure I give it an opportunity here today to explain that so you get a better idea of what this is so that we can do a better job of loving God and serving. So let's go through there. If you want to write it down, great. If not, just commit it to memory and then ask somebody you leave with later today what it was I said, because if you're like me, you're going to forget when you walk out the door here. The letter S in the word shape stands for your spiritual gifts. Okay. A spiritual gift, hear me on this. It's a supernatural capability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at their conversion. To be used to minister to others and to build up the body of Christ. Now, I know none of you just wrote that down. Because you can't. I went way too quick. Like, it, it just, there was a lot there. So I want to read it one more time. Just hear what I'm saying. A spiritual gift is a supernatural capability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at their conversion to be used to minister to others and to build up the body of Christ. We've read about spiritual gifts. We see them in different places in scripture. One spot you can find it it is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read a bit of a paraphrase here of what it's saying, but you've seen it before. You go back and read it, but it's talking about a spiritual gift, and it says that a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Holy Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, special knowledge. To one, great faith. To another, the gift of healing. To one, the power to perform miracles. To another, the ability to prophesy. There is also discernment of God's word. The ability to speak an unknown language and the ability to interpret that unknown language. It is the Holy Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The Holy Spirit has a key role here. I hope you saw that. And it just talks about some of these things. But as I read through there, let me point out three important uh, concepts or uh, items concerning spiritual gifts that we want to remember. One again is it comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hands them out as he sees, which means you can neither earn them nor learn them. It's not something you can just say, oh, I'm going to go home and try harder and get this spiritual gift. It doesn't happen that way. If you go through and you look at it and you read through it, those are not the uh, talents that you have here. In fact, if you think, that, oh, I've always had these spiritual gifts, even before I was a believer, then you're getting it confused with a talent or an ability, which we're going to talk about in a minute. These are not natural. These are supernatural. These come to us as a result of accepting Christ and the Holy Spirit coming into us and it gives us something. So you can't strong arm God. You can't even beg him and say, oh, I want these and submit your list and hope that he fulfills that request. It doesn't work that way. The Holy Spirit knows what's needed and the Holy Spirit hands them out accordingly to us. Those are spiritual gifts. Second thing is this. There's no right or wrong gift. All gifts are on purpose and they are for a purpose. All of them are needed. None of them are useless. Sometimes we can go through and look at list and kind of go, well, I don't know if that still applies or, well, you know, maybe there's some new ones now because technology has changed. Well, no, God's designed us to serve and he has given us these special capabilities so that we have them and we benefit people and we grow ourselves. But keep in mind that there's no right or wrong gift. They're just different gifts that we've been given collectively. The last thing is that every believer has been given at least one gift. And please also write down or understand that no believer has been given them all. Every believer has a gift or more, plural. Nobody has all of them. No one. That means that everyone needs to use their spiritual empowerment because if you're not doing what you've been gifted to do, then you're cheating out those of us around who are expecting all of us to put in to make sure that all of this is done holistically? So that's why, when you know you have a gift, we should be using it because it's been given to you to use. I want you to understand, I put a couple of key phrases that'll pop up at the end of each one of these points or these letters. <coughs> Knowing your spiritual gift answers a what question. The question is this, what supernatural abilities has the Holy Spirit given to you so that you can help others? What has the Holy Spirit given you? That's really what knowing your gifts are all about. It just answers the what question. What is it that I'm talking about? What I would like you to do is uh, later today, if you didn't pick up one of these on the way in, I just made kind of a cheat sheet. Uh, Some of you grabbed them, but I know there's still lots out there. There's these little yellow things that are on the name tag tables. Pick one up. It is simply just a, uh, uh, a simplified version or identification of spiritual gifts. They're listed on here, where you can find them, a brief description of them. And it goes through and it says this about each one and kind of what are some of the different traits. And I want you just to read through there. I'm not asking you to take a big assessment right now. Just read through and kind of go, oh, that sounds like me. Oh, that's me. Oh, that is so not me. Like, I'm okay with that. Just figure out what some of them are. And you should have at least one on here, and you should not mark down everyone. Like, we understand that. But take these so you have a chance later to read through there and to understand what they are, because we're all given spiritual gifts. Now, I also want to somehow try to connect this, and I want to tell a little bit of a storyline of Moses in, in the Old Testament as we go through, as we talk about these different five letters here today. Moses was shaped to be used by God. He was given specific things to be used for God's glory and to serve other people. Specifically, when we think of Moses, we know that he was given a spiritual gifts of miracles. Like, do you remember he had this staff or this rod that he would carry around? And that thing, if you've seen the movie, or you read the stories, he could throw it on the ground, it would turn into a snake. He could hit it on a rock and water would come out of it. He could dip it into the the river and it would turn into blood. It's what he used to call on the the gnats and the fly. Like, this was his miracle stick. And you and I both know there was nothing miraculous about it other than it's what God used and the spiritual gift through Moses to get a point across. But Moses had the spiritual gift of performing miracles. And as such, he was able to use it as part of how he served God. Keep in mind, we're going to come back to Moses on many different cases here today. The letter H in this shape stands for the word heart. It's just another word for what's your passion or what's your motivation? What is it that gets you excited? What makes your heart start pounding with anticipation about something, especially here as it relates to church or the kingdom of God? And you'd be surprised at the different passions that God lays on people's hearts. There are so many different things. When you think about it, maybe your heart beats for music or for dance. Maybe it's for cooking or, or cleaning or gardening or photography or woodworking or automotive. Maybe it's for blogging or even playing video games. Like, I don't know. Maybe whatever it is, God has given you some desire in your heart that is a passion, a motivation to say, I want you to do something and to be excited about something. When you look in Philippians chapter 2, I've got a couple verses there. But at the very end of verse 13, I just want to see you to see where it says, For God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him God's giving that to us he's already given it to us it's what it is it motivates us to serve other people think about some names when I come up and I was trying to come up with some bigger names that we might all recognize I know there's many examples here but when I think of somebody like the name Fred Jordan Because we're in L.A. or this area here, a lot of us would think of the mission downtown would know that he has a passion for the hungry and the homeless down in Skid Row. When you hear the name Greg Laurie, used to be uh, Billy Graham, but Greg Laurie, you think of somebody who is a pastor, who's an evangelist, who wants people to hear the saving message of Jesus Christ. And so they're out preaching. Or Franklin Graham, when you think of him, it's crisis relief or medical uh, aid or food or supplies. Like all of these things are people, this is their passion, it's their heart, and therefore they do these things. And we all live and we all know people specific to us here that have things, they don't just have to be names that are on the news, but it's trying to draw on somebody that we would all recognize. Passion is God's desire that he gave us to compel us into ministry. We should serve, we should love, but we need to be motivated to do so. We need to be able to get out there. And so God gives us this motivation and a difference to make uh, in, in other people's lives by giving us a passion in ours. Knowing your heart will answer a where question that you might have. Where am I motivated to serve in the kingdom? Where is it that I should be? Think about Moses again. His passion was for his people, for the, for the Hebrews. His heart ached over seeing them in slavery. When he saw an Egyptian beating one of them down, he actually killed the, the, the slave um, landlord, the, the person that was overseeing them. He killed the Egyptian. His people, his, the Hebrews, is what motivated Moses himself. And as such, God used that in a ministry to lead them out of slavery because that was his heart. The letter A is this thing that stands for abilities. Or maybe you could say it is our natural talents. It's what we're born with. The Bible says that, uh, that God has given each of us the ability to do certain things and to do certain things well. And since your natural abilities come from God, It's just as important as the spiritual gifts that I talked about a few minutes ago. The only real difference is this. Our natural abilities are given to us at birth. Okay? Our natural is given at birth. The spiritual gifts are given at our rebirth. But they both come into play in our lives. But that's why sometimes people are like, well, I'm kind of good at this. Is that a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is what is given to you at your birth into the kingdom by the Holy Spirit. But we're all gifted to do things naturally. We're all gifted to do things well here in life look at Exodus chapter 31. As I read through here, notice who it is that's giving out these natural abilities and these skills to people here. This is back when they were talking about getting ready to build the temple in the Old Testament. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Basilel, son of Uri, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And I have personally appointed Oheliab to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. When God made us, he gave us desires and skills and talents to do certain things that we can learn and we can develop because they're natural. So they can come from just being around people and learning different skills in life. They're not the things that are coming from the Holy Spirit that we can't do on our own, but they are the things that we have developed here. They could be physical. They can be intellectual talents. They could be all of those. But when we know what our natural abilities are, it can also answer that what question, like I did with the spiritual gifts earlier. And that is what skills or what natural skills do I have that can benefit other people? When I'm seeing how I can shape or how I can serve others, what is it that I can physically do that other people can't do? How is it that I've kind of wired and put together? I'm, I'm a good craftsman. I'm good with numbers. I'm a good cleaner. I'm, some of those skills that we talked about earlier that are natural, you also can use those as we serve God and we serve the kingdom of God. Think again about Moses. It says for 40 years, he spent time in Pharaoh's palace. He grew up around and was being groomed for national and political leadership. He knew how to argue in the court of Pharaoh. He knew how to lead large groups and how to uh, represent himself. He learned how to handle people and how to delegate and how to manage. All those skills which he later used for God's purpose. Then he went out and he spent the next 40 years out in in the, the desert, leading dumb animals around and trying to figure out how to help them understand where to go and what to do and, and how to manage that and how to rely on people and on the land. And he created all of those skills. He learned those uh, natural talents that also came that were developed. All of it to come back later to say he had things in life that he had done, that he had learned that would help him in serving God along the way. So that's our natural abilities. The letter P is, just stands for personality which for some of you is probably good news because maybe you've been told that you have none. I don't know, I'm just. (laughs) The people that don't laugh don't like that. Like, I I get that. Yeah, no, you know what? We all have a personality. We all have something about us that just is who we are and not everybody. I was having a conversation in the car the other day with a family member of mine who said to me as I was telling a joke, they just went, you're so funny, but I don't do jokes. I don't get it. Like, I'm okay. It made me realize, yeah, we all have different personalities. We're all put together a little bit differently that way, but that's okay. God has made us each the way we are. Some are extroverts. Some are introverts. Some are people-oriented. Others are program-oriented. Some like routine. Some like variation. Some like decisions based on reasons, while others just base it on emotions. We're all different, but our personality is given to us by God, which means that it is neither right nor wrong. It's just different. We all have a different personality, which means we also have different ways that we prefer to serve. Let's say you have two people who have a gift of spiritual gift of evangelism. And one's an introvert and one's an extrovert. They would go about it in different ways. One person might not have any problem coming up here on stage and talking to people and sharing the gospel and and projecting himself this way, the the good news of, of Christ. He has no problem doing that as an extrovert. But if you're an introvert who also has a gift of evangelism, you wouldn't want to do this, but you have no problem sitting down with people in smaller groups, one-on-one, talking about Jesus and his saving grace. It's still the same gift, but with different personalities that are plugged in here. In Numbers chapter 12, there's almost a footnote in verse 3. It says this, it says, now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. Personality answers the how question, like how should I minister to others? When you consider Moses and you watch the Ten Commandments movie, you know, the eight-hour miniseries it seems like is on every year around Easter. I love that show. But that Moses in the movie isn't necessarily the Moses of Scripture. Like that Moses is very Hollywood. He's very out there. He's doing these things. He's empowered himself. He's in charge. He's bold. He's brash. He does all these things. But the Scripture says that Moses was very humble. Do you remember when he met Jesus at the Bernie Bush? He kept coming up with all the reasons why he couldn't do what Jesus wanted him to do. He had no intention to do that. That wasn't him. That's not how he's wired. He did not want to. It says that he was always just on his face, just going to God and, and consulting him about what takes place. And because of that, Moses was the right leader that God needed in that time and the place. The person that was going to turn to God on a regular basis to seek God's direction and move forward moses was humble some of us have that person and i'm not saying it's humble or not that there's just a lot of different personalities but keep in mind that god's given them to us and they all are meant to help serve others finally is the letter e in, the, in shape and that stands for our experiences this is the painful one this is the one that says look most all of us can look back at our past and look at things that we didn't like, but recognize that it's made us who we are today. Like, I have things in my life that that I don't like from the past, but truthfully, I don't think I would change them because I am who I am today because of those experiences. Amen, right? Like, that's what it is. And God has said that all of this happens here. Romans 8.28, we're reminded that we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to their purposes for them. Like for those of us that have had past, if we'll bring it to God and allow him to use it, he can use it for his glory as we move forward. And I mean, when we're going through things, we're talking about marriage, we're talking about divorce, children, losing a loved one, illness, loss of job, work promotion, special training, special events, things that have happened wonderfully for you, things that have happened horribly for you. All of that put together is our experience. It's who we are. And when we know what our experience is, it helps us answer the who question in all of this. Who should I serve? Who can I help go through a situation similar to what I've been through? Like sometimes you're going to realize it is amazing when you start running across people that have a similar story in life to what you have That what you've gone through and how they need to hear from you and the encouragement because you've come through it. How can they also come through it and look to God and be encouraged by God and as God uses you? Everything that happened to Moses prepared him for his service. He was hidden as a baby and stuck in a basket and floated down a river. He was found and raised in the house of Pharaoh. God used that. We also know that Moses uh, used uh, the guilt and the depression. God used the, the guilt and the depression of Moses after killing the, the, the Egyptian during his time that he was out in the wilderness to bring him about. So he's got living in a palace and he's got, I've killed somebody and all these different experiences. God has given all of us these types of things also and that we're supposed to minister to others in similar situations. Not all of them are enjoyable, but all of our experiences do in fact Help us point other people back to God. Your life is a unique story, and as such, it's been designed for ministry. Your shape, as I called it, S-H-A-P-E, allows you to love God and serve others in ways that you could never imagine doing on your own. And if you don't know what your shape is today, that's okay. If you want to know more about how to figure it out, let me know. I will help you do that. But today was just kind of giving an overview of that. This yellow card is a great way to start because it will help you maybe identify what you see as spiritual gifts in your life. But, but let me mention an encouragement and a caution here when it comes to spiritual gifts. Once you know your shape. I wanna encourage you to begin to serve or continue serving faithfully as you already do because you know how you're wired and put together. But I wanna caution you as to not use the shape once you learn what it is to avoid ministry and say, sorry, I can't do that. That's not how God's put me together. Because the truth is we can all serve and we can all serve almost at a moment's notice. Just this morning, we had a couple people that could not make it here to church, and they have roles in our church that get things done each and every week. And I didn't spend time running around for somebody in the list going, ooh, who has this spiritual gift just like that person? Let me go find this person to get this thing done. I just looked at a couple people and said, can you do this and this and this? And they said, absolutely. Now, they might not want to do it every week. It might not be what they're gifted at. It might not be something they want to do for long term, but we can all just pitch in and help when we need a greeter when we need somebody to help out, when we have people in food help and they're like, hey, we need people pushing carts. When we say Easter's coming and we need help on that day, we're gonna talk about making sure that our campus is ready or a cleanup time. We can all help. We can all serve, even if it's not our specific shape. Our one with our shape just says, that's the one that God made you to fit in best and that you will endure for a much longer time and you'll keep doing it. You'll keep driving at it because that's how you're put together but sometimes we just jump in. So I wanna give you this final thought. I've got two sentences up here on the screen behind me that I want you just to kind of chew on here for a moment. Your ministry, the thing that you do, is best determined through an identification of your gifts. Figure out what your gifts are. That's gonna help you know what area is best for you in your ministry. But your gifts are best developed through your involvement in ministry. When you do find out what it is that i'm gifted at now do ministry now serve one another so we know how we can make all of this happen ministry is using what god has uniquely given to you and i to serve him and to care for the needs of others the five Uh, shape factors that I mentioned here. The spiritual gifts, the heartfelt passion, the natural abilities, the individual personality, and the life experiences will help you understand how God has intentionally designed you and how he wants you to uniquely love and serve others. That's what this idea of shape is all about. God will take ordinary people and accomplish extraordinary things through them if they'll just allow God to do so. My prayer, my encouragement for you today is to take this, look at it, pray about it, ask God what it is. And if you so desire to find out more about your shape, please contact me and let me know. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you again, just for an opportunity that we have to to come together to learn from your word, to to take ideas and concepts from scripture and to uh, apply them in our lives. Thank you that you've made us all different. Thank you that you have such creativity that you can put us all together and give us all something different to do, but yet all of it works together for your glory, and it all works together so we can serve one another. Thank you, God, that you have got all of that in your picture and in your hands. Help us to be able to learn our space and our place and to do the things you've asked us to do. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen.